but I don't feel like it smells There used like to be fruit. tape that smelled like fruit punch? Well, it, I don't know that it was supposed to. It wasn't advertised that way, but it, been. it was, I remember, I can't remember if it was yeah. scotch tape or I what. I just think it tape. smelled like fruit punch. Weird. Uh, hey, what are people I listening to? What? Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we have captured Robert Reed, bon vivant, journalist, art lover, driver Catch and of release. Catch and Catch release. release. Catch and release. Eco-friendly. Uh, to, uh, to talk to us about his latest story for Oklahoma Today about the Jefferson Highway, which uh, actually predates Route 66. <laughs> By quite a bit. But before that, let's get into our question of the week. We asked you, <coughs> what is your favorite place to drive in Oklahoma? First up is Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. I have such a specific answer to this question because I have a drive. It's like my sanity drive that I take. Like when I have a Saturday or a free day and there's nothing to do, sometimes I literally just take a day off work, like put in time off, and I drive... Through Mustang, out on State Highway 152, get to Union City. Take a left. You've done this with me. Take a left. Go over the bridge, over the Canadian River, past the Brahms Farm. Take a right on State Highway 37. And then you can take, you can ride that all the way out to Texas. I usually go to about Cordell. But there's a part of it. You've done this with me too, Megan. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe everyone in this room has done this with me. But like, there's a part where you're going through all those canyon, the red canyons and the whole... It's gorgeous. And it's like as you're going... Basically from like north of Minko West, um, right on the south end, south edge, I think of the Canadian River. Um, and that whole drive out there is just really, really gorgeous. And you end up, you end up actually south of Hinton and you can cut up to Red Rock Canyon, Megan, which is what you and I did. Or you can ride all the way out to uh, Cordell, and which is a cool town and has a good donut shop. Um, or you can, there's tons, like you could turn and go to Colony, you could turn up and go to Weatherford or Thomas or Clinton. Or, it's just a, it's a, a like, it, I love Western Oklahoma. I love the plains. I love the vistas. Like, you'll get up on these rolling hills, you know, and you'll just be able to see for miles around. But then you'll be down in these canyons with these beautiful red sandstone walls. And there's a rock out there called Indian Head Rock that looks like the head of a, an Indian chief. Um, it's just a gorgeous drive. So Highway 37 going west from Minko. All that right. is my favorite drive oh. in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, that also, that's funny because I take Highway 37 when I go visit my brother. Yeah. When I go visit my brother. Yeah. Uh, Tuttle. It's really pretty. Uh, my mom and I recently drove across Osage County, too, but I'll let someone else have that one and talk about how awesome it is. Amazing there, Carly Ibarra. Um, I really like when you're driving west on 412 and mm. there's, like, nothing. It's just flat. And then all of a sudden, the Gloss Mountains are there. They oh, just seem to kind cool. of come up out of nowhere, and it's just such a beautiful scene. Um, and I always stop by that park because it's such a quick just, like, walk through. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's one of my favorite places to drive. That's a good one. That's a great park. Mm-hmm. Managing editor. Oh, sorry. You're already the managing editor. Uh, photo editor, Megan Rossman. Um, well, that I do love Highway 412 where the Gloss Mountains are as well. Um, I tend to be drawn to places with lots of trees, so I like the eastern half of the state when it comes to driving. Um, you know, driving around the lakes in the northeast or the forests in the southeast, it's a lot of fun. Um, but what I where I mostly end up driving is 
was just kind of east of my neighborhood in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Like, uh, I you like to drive. You introduced me to the beauty that is East Oklahoma, the east half of Oklahoma County. Like, yeah. You made me appreciate it more than I I had. really, I like driving around near, like, Choctaw, um, out, like, in the Forest Park neighborhood. There are some really, yeah. I like to look at the houses and look at the land and imagine where I would put my house because, yes, I would like to. When my grandma was sick, um, I went to Prague to visit her a lot, and I would take 23rd Street East mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, and then that hooks up with Highway, I think it's 64, that goes all the way out to Prague. Like, yeah. And when you get to Hera, you can get on that and go straight, and that's a gorgeous drive. Well, I, yeah, I just love how the, you know, the cross timbers uh, mm-hmm. pick up out there, so it gets, you get a lot more trees, and, um, and of course, I'm all about that, so... Yeah. Awesome. That's my answer to this question. <laughs> Good one. Research editor and uh, driver's license haver, Ben Lucian. <laughs> he even has a rear view mirror. It's true. My He's license. rolling VIP. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, usually up to date, too. <laughs> um, yesterday, I drove uh, at a funeral uh, in the Dallas, Texas area. And so me and my mom, we woke up early and drove down uh, to see that. And it just struck me on that drive how iconic uh, I-35, OKC, South to, to yeah. the Dallas area, how iconic that drive is. It really is. Uh, because, I mean, think about all the all the stops along the way. I mean, um, Lake Murray State Park, Turner Falls. Um, you can go to the, the Bedray Chocolate Factory. Fried pies. Uh, fried, pies fried pies, exactly. Um, um, Smoking so, Joe's Rib Ranch. That's it, all off yes. one highway exit. <laughs> it, yeah. It's uh, all off the same highway exit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is... Uh, and then just driving through, like, the Ardmore area and going through all those... It, it's like the uh, highway just like carves through these, right, you know, rocky hills. Um, really scenic and iconic, um, and I'm sure like so many Oklahomans have driven that. At I was going to say, I bet lives. every Oklahoman at one point or another has done this. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's such a great drive. Mm-hmm. Like I think of it as the football highway. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. It's that too. Don't ever do it on the Friday. Of Lots of Texas good weekend. and horrible <laughs> memories made yeah, on that exactly. highway. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Uh, I mine is I'd like to drive around Stillwater. I love Stillwater. It's I'm a huge just, fan of Stillwater. It's a the outskirts of Stillwater are very pretty. Lots of hills, really lots of lots of green and trees. I and love that drive over from thirty five. Mm-hmm. Like when you get off thirty, like the it, I think it's great. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm the uh, only uh, uh, poor OSU guy here, uh, but I that was. That was like going home, that drive, yeah. especially getting off I-35 on uh, 74 and heading over to Stillwater. It was just, I don't know, it, it feels very nostalgic to me. Um, having gone there with my parents for games when I was a kid and then uh, obviously when I was in school there. And now it's just really fun to drive around kind of the old town and see where everything isn't and see where everything is. Yep. And, uh, and I also really like that kind of college town feel like there are definitely some places that are not fun to drive in Stillwater, but there's a whole lot of very walkable areas yep. and places where it's, where you need to slow down and where you want to look at all the old buildings. And yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, a great town. Carly and I had a great time there recently. We toured the McKnight center, the McKnight center for performing arts at OSU, which is gorgeous. Go see yeah. something there. That was the day before the Garth Brooks, concert that he played there that we were there um, and we parked at Old Hideaway mm-hmm. and we had a really good waffle 
Uh, not at Old Hideaway. We went to just Wafflin. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Stillwater's an awesome town. Yeah. What did social media say? What are their favorite drives? So much. Uh, Talamina Drive is great very answer. Nice. I'm surprised uh, none of us said that. Uh, that's from Sean Rippy. Uh, also, some nice back roads out in Mays County, and mm-hmm. also some out of Binger, Oklahoma. Nice areas around along Route 66. Uh, nice. Todd Davis said the Illinois River north of Tahlequah. Really nice gorgeous. drive up there. I Absolutely mean, Tahlequah gorgeous. is again just really pretty. Yeah. Um, Ann Harper said uh, Winniewood, where I was born and uh, where her grandparents lived. Next would be Paul's Valley and the city. Uh, Lisa Pierce said Talamina and also 412 through the Gloss Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tina Phil, uh, Phipps Colston said Highway 11 from Skytook to Pahuska or Wallrock. Oh, yeah, that's uh, the gorgeous. Roads are, the roads are smooth and the land is green. It is beautiful up there. Uh, Mary Jane Loosely Lindemann uh, said Enid Du Bois City, uh, then on to Clayton. <laughs> Always get the gets the knots out of my rope. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's great. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. Patricia Irwin Highsmith said, "Anywhere in green country, I live in the hot southern part of Oklahoma and enjoy the greenery in northeast Oklahoma." I love that. Um, we had uh, Danita Antrim Blackketter said, "Just a short drive, Minko to Binger." Uh, that's a good one. Really? No, beautiful. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the drive I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's a great drive. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Yeah. And then uh, you do. You end up at Binger, and it, when you get to the when you get to the intersection in Binger, there's a gas station that has the best gas station food in Oklahoma, <laughs> like the best fried brown stuff under a heat lamp. Oh yeah, yeah. There's it's such a good. It's such a good gas station. Binger. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Uh, Anybody want to go? You, we can go right you, now. I love that place. <laughs> you I would you had Megan at Fried Brown stuff. Uh, right? I know. Um, you had me at gas station. <laughs> right? I know. I actually have a funny story about this. My um, One of my best friends in the world is a very, she's a seventh generation Texan. Um, and she's very committed Texan. And when we met in college, you know, it's like, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Oklahoma. And she goes, that's just Texas's big backyard. But we did become friends anyway. Um, and now her husband, who was originally from Atlanta, is a very also now a committed Texan. And they were driving recently uh, from where they live in Austin to St. Louis. And they went through like McCall, like they came up through Dallas and went up through McAllister, right? Um, and they called me. <laughs> Keep in mind, they're both priests. Mm-hmm. And they called me to say how effing gorgeous. And they kept saying, Oklahoma is flippin' gorgeous. They didn't say flippin'. Uh, they just, like, these two priests, these two Anglican priests are just driving in their car and just had to, like, call me and wax philosophical about how gorgeous they thought. And I was like, you're right. It is. The part where you are... I mean, I love Oklahoma. Like, I think I love all of Oklahoma's. But uh, the part where they are is especially verdant yeah. and gorgeous and fun to drive through. So I that's exciting. Like, it, for them to, like, admit that Oklahoma yeah. was gorgeous right. coming from Texas, it had to have been a painful phone call yes. to make. So that tells you how gorgeous that part of Oklahoma is. Well, I, I think all of us here at the podcast uh, would like to see more committed Texans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some sort of an institution or another. Uh, padded walls and what have you. Uh, all right, let's talk to Robert Reed about his story, Jefferson Revival. And we are absolutely overjoyed to welcome in one of our favorite all-time writers, uh, Mr. Robert Reed, to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Robert. Thanks for having me. Let's, I'm looking forward to podcast with you all. Yes. That's great. <laughs> well, um, we have come into the great podcasting hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pillars, the pillars, the books around us. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
we in our in our most recent issue uh the may june 2023 issue of oklahoma today we have this really wonderful story uh robert that you wrote called jefferson revival and it is all about I, so many people talk about route 66 and and it's going to have its big anniversary soon and uh, you know no offense to route 66 but it was not the first um no. and, and and one of you have really gone back through the story and and recreated for people the the Jefferson the uh, the uh, palm to uh, pine wood yeah. <laughs> uh, route from from what from uh, New Orleans to Winnipeg. Absolutely, yeah. I mean any road that's leading to the Manitoba capital <laughs> is all, a road I, mean, I want to take. Don't all roads lead to Winnipeg? They really do. Yeah, I thought they so. really do. Okay. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about uh, a story like this. I think for a reader, it can be deceptively simple uh, because there's a, a, a narrative that you've gone through as you're driving down the path. But this was not a single trip for you, right? Well, I mean, the, the idea, the Jefferson Highway, you know, started like around 1915. So like you said, well below before Route 66. And it was at a period where the country were making all these named highways, like hundreds of highways around the country because people were going, they got their Model Ts, they had no place to go. We want roads. And so the Jefferson Highway was among the biggest at the time. And so it was like, you know, going, like you said, from New Orleans to, uh, to Winnipeg. And to do that today, um, you're generally following what happened is in the, the 10 years it took to build the Jefferson Highway through uh, grassroots efforts, through all the states that it went through, local bonds, uh, subscription services that people were doing. It became when the, the federal highway system came, they renumbered it all. So the Jefferson Highway doesn't like the Lincoln Highway, which is a big highway at the time, which is now kind of I-90 is more or less I-90, New York to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. This one is replaced by 13 highways. And in Oklahoma, it's chiefly US-69. Not the most glamorous highway, but it gets you to all these places that are in Oklahoma that predate the Jefferson Highway because the Jefferson Highway was built on old bison trails, Osage mm -hmm. Trace, the Texas Road, the Katy Railroad Line. All the, the, the land wants you to go that way. It wants you to do that. So I, to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I did it on three trips. But this is something that people over a weekend can sample, you know, basically mm -hmm. from Durant to Miami yeah. to Kansas, a little bit east of Tulsa. And It's kind of like how, you know, like nobody – like if you go out on a weekend and you're going to drive Route 66, to use the relevant example, like yeah. you're probably not going to do the whole thing in yeah. Oklahoma even, yeah. right? Like let's go drive – like I, for me, it's like if I'm going to Tulsa and I don't have to – I'm not in a rush. I'm just going to take that little bit of Route 66 from here to Tulsa because mm -hmm. um, it's scenic and it's pretty. But you, like yeah. you could do the same thing with the Jefferson, you know, just like that's right. I'm going to drive from Atoka to wherever, you know, just however long mm -hmm. I have. Yeah. The Jefferson is a highway that is in its early days. It's not as organized or developed as Route 66. Uh, and um, but there's a Jefferson Highway Association. The president, Roger Bell, is in the article is based in Muskogee. He is the person for the Jefferson Highway, I'll tell you. Nationally, and we should say, it. like, just yes. to be clear, like, he's like the national yes. number one dude, yeah. International, if you yeah. include and our friends in Manitoba. And, I uh, mean, kind of. Yeah, Canada. I know. 
Yeah. Hey, I don't know <laughs> how involved they are. listeners, so we know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We, have a we love we're, you, Winnipeg. We're, we're big in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. You do it in, in portions. And, you know, they're trying to organize communities along this route now, like in real time right now. And that means that some communities will put signs up. Some museums will have a little decal that says, you know, the JH logo from back in 1915. Um, And so, yeah, you can do it in portions. And a lot of it takes a little bit of an adventurous spirit and kind of creativity of getting off the road, following the old patches of road, which is the most exciting part. Roger calls them adventure roads. That was my favorite part of the trip. A lot of them are in the southern part of it, kind of south of Dakota to the border. Um, and so, yeah, it is something that probably lends itself to that. There's a lot of neat museums on the road, you know, little town museums I always love to go to. You talk to the people mm-hmm. running it and they become as interesting and revealing as much as the exhibits can be. There's a lot, but the hours are all over the place. Some of them are closed on weekends. Some are only open on weekends. And things. Some, yeah, some, it's like open, like I'll come in if you call me. Yes. You know? Yeah, so, like so I love small town music. I mm-hmm. love the people. There's some of my favorite people actually that I ever meet reporting is people who run small, tiny museums. Absolutely. Like I just, they're some of the funnest people to talk to. They really are. Yeah. There's going to be passion there. They're going to yeah. know stuff. Yeah, they're going to be interested so to talk fun, yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. They're, you're right. They're hilarious. And sometimes they'll go around and point out every single thing in the museum, maybe more than you want. I just yes, succumb to that it. Has happened yes, to me. No, I need go to see with that. it. Just let it happen. Just yeah, 100%. let go and leave your body and let it wash you away. Yeah, no, I'm seriously, it's so let fun. Let go and let guide. <laughs> let go and let guide. That's Wait a second. Those are the advice. Wilson's That's plates. Really good. <laughs> you, right. Yeah, you just you have to do that. And just like if someone says, "Yeah, this is the Wilson's plates for 1940s," you got to go see the Wilson's plates. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah, show me them. Yeah, but who yeah, are they? Say, yes, take me. Yeah. One thing that that kind of struck me reading the story was um, you really had to pick and choose. I mean, there there was so much uh, in there, so much that you experienced, and not all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not all of it kind of could make it in. What what um, were there any? interesting tidbits that just didn't fit in for one reason or another that, that really stick out to you? There are so many, I mean, you know, I don't, I can't even tell you right now how many towns I went to. I went into museums and talked to people that don't make the article. One of the things I like is when you do a trip like this is stretching your legs. It's a little bit of a challenge at places. There aren't like many like hiking opportunities or things like that. So I kind of was inventive that way. I went to Bell Star's grave. Uh, just hey, a little bit northeast. You were standing on land that my relative, my ancestors rented. Oh, really? You did that. Yeah, they rented from her. That's cool. Oh, wow. I Well, uh, there should be a plaque that says that. Yeah, there should we, be. We, we need to go add that. Joseph <laughs> and Pearl Tate were here. Yeah. I went there, you know, and it was, uh, you know, you go to Younger's Bend, I think, and you're going along the north yeah. side of Eufaula Lake, this little weavy road, and you it's get there. pretty through there. Very pretty. God, and you gorgeous. go, yeah. there's a wonderful little memorial for... Apparently, this villain who got shot, but people leave all the little toys and stickers and little things. And I just found it really kind of rejuvenated me on the trip Hmm. on a personal level because I got out walking in the woods. It was gorgeous, but it it was a little bit astray from the road itself. So I I didn't I started to write it. I didn't have the space for it, Hmm. but things like that. That's so hard. There's a lot. I I remember uh, in like 20. 14, I reported and published in 2015 a story about State Highway 3, which is the longest state highway. It goes from north of Boise City to southeast of Idaville. 
Um, and like my first draft of that story was 10,000 words. Cause I was like, I don't know what to take out here. There's yeah. so much, like it was 600 miles and yeah. we stopped every three miles and talked to somebody. Um, no. those no. travel logs are really, really, really hard to write sometimes. But one yeah. of the things I will say, the thing that I really loved, because really like you can't stay on anything too long in the writing, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. it's like, here's the impression and moving yeah. along. Yeah. And it has that road trip feel because of it. And I like that. But the thing that I really liked is that you didn't lean heavily into, it would have been really easy, especially on this road and the towns that it goes through. You, and I'm saying this as a tourism employee, but you didn't lean heavily into the tourist stuff. Yeah. Like you met the people and the, yeah. the, the actual communities and the towns. And like, we can put all the destinations, and we did that. We put all the addresses like, hey, yeah. if you really want to do all the tourist stuff, here's what it all is. And here are the addresses and phone numbers and websites. And we did that in the story. But you and your writing really focused more on kind of the community around the road and the people that are there and their yeah. relationship to it. And I thought that was a really beautiful way to go. Um, in fact, when this is like the Atoka issue, by the way, because mm -hmm. we got Reba on the cover, yep. Reba's place in Atoka. We got Greg wrote a story about small town diners and there's Bledsoe's Diner and Atoka's mm -hmm. in there. And then your story was very much, there's a lot in Atoka. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of fun. But um you know, I, I just really love, but one of the ladies that I talked to when I did the Rebus Play story, she works up in the retail space. She is one of the bread ladies in Stringtown that you talked to. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I love them so much. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Stringtown is an amazing place. It kind of blew my mind. Have you been to Stringtown? A, a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. When I, was I mean, kid, it, yeah. it feels like, I think I said it was like, it felt like Appalachia. I felt like I was in some woodsy part of upper state New York or West Virginia or something. It didn't feel like Oklahoma suddenly to me, even the way you get into town, you know, these little splinter roads off the road and you almost don't see the town kind of crowded yeah. in these hills. And it just felt so different. And it had this funny, positive energy. There's like a new restaurant there. There's a mural. There's a funny grocery um and about like 27 jefferson highway signs they're so organized <laughs> they crack me up they have like a 5k run there or something for jefferson highway is like they crack me up but the 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 the, the fried pie is at a restored That's mansion on the, the fried pie ladies not the fried, bread pie ladies. fried pie ladies yeah and got there there was this beautiful historic mansion that they were able to renovate using fundraising efforts connected to the to the jefferson highway they've gone all in and um, they were frying pie, had some, I left with a lot of fried pie, had a lot there, <laughs> but that house is a dream. And it's just like, you feel like, I don't know, it feels older than most of Oklahoma somehow. And I love Springtown. Mm. That was a real highlight for me. And not just because of the fried pie. It, it was all, but, <laughs> I mean, but, fried pie helps. Yeah, it does help. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, kind of to piggyback on what you said, Nate, I, reading through stories like this that that is what i love is i think that most of us um who are going to go out on these trips are probably going to hit some of the touristy places and we're probably not going to be getting out of the car and uh and walking around nearly as much yeah. and so i think your story the context that it provides is is a kind of a spiritual guide, I guess, yeah. for someone who's going to make this trip because they are they are able to experience it through your eyes and then through their own eyes. And I think that that can kind of round out that experience because your, your expertise in talking to people and pulling those kind of tidbits out is not something that everybody in the general public has. It's not something I'm great at, frankly. Um, uh, and so I really do. I feel like what you have done is created this 
um, this pathway for people to appreciate the Jeff in a way that maybe they wouldn't have been otherwise. And I mean, obviously they probably wouldn't have known about it without this story. I mean, I certainly didn't. Well, I found out about it because Nate, you told me about it. Yeah. Several years ago. Did I? I thought you told yeah. me. Oh, who knows? I'll take credit then. Okay. <laughs> I think that you did actually. I think you did. Okay. And, um, you know, it is these kind of weird, uh, articles and like the, the highway three, when I love that idea, um, it, it does give you ideally a template of kind of how to do this because you can't have the expectations if you're going to Washington, D.C. or going to all the Smithsonian Institute for five days. It's a very different kind of trip. You have to right. be open to what the road gives you. Yeah. Um, sometimes you you ask yourself on the road, why am I doing this again? <laughs> why am I next to all these 18 wheelers in this strip mall? That happens on US 69. Yeah. But if you follow the original route and just and just slightly with a adventurous kind of gaze towards it open to what comes whether it's bell star um Ale alexandra posey is a poet in um that was uh for the cherokee indian journal or something i forgot what it was called i'm saying he was a creek writer and you follow he was like the uh he died there in 1908 drowning on the bridge and you follow and i wanted to spend time finding out where he drowned and he did these letters that kind of He's been likened to as kind of a Mark Twain of Oklahoma, kind of humorous poet. Wow, guy. that's cool. And he's not connected to the Jefferson Highway. And I got really fascinated with him. And he's not an article, you know. And so those kinds of things, you know, you can't you can go museum, 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 uh, diner, diner, diner. Um, and you do. That's fun. But, yeah, you hope, you know, if you go to Welch, where I go to uh, and go to City Hall, Winston McEwen, acid wash jeans, ponytail, <laughs> most inspiring Meyer I've ever talked. He'll talk to you. Yeah, you talk to anyone. It wasn't just because I'm a writer. Yeah, he went and he went and took me around town. I, I I could talk about him for half the article, you know, and yeah. like and it ends up being this strange article with lots of mayors because I met tons of mayors by accident. But um, I do think that if people kind of make travel a quest, so to speak. Yeah, whatever it is. Well, this is the thing. The like first it. time, the first time you and I ever spoke, it was because I was interviewing you. Uh -oh. um, and no, it was really it was because you were uh, we did a, we did a Q&A together for the magazine. I think yeah. it was literally 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and that's how you and I met. And yeah. um, I was so impressed then and continue to be like what you just said about how to travel the Jefferson Highway is such beautiful advice for how to travel. Right. Just let the road take you like. Mm -hmm. Don't get too caught up in like, have to see this, have to see this, have to see this. Like, oh, like, don't blow through a small town because you're in between two bigger towns that have things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, if you can, like, stop and explore and get to know, you know, like, open your eyes and pay attention. I think it's such beautiful advice. And you told me, um, you know, the idea of you had this great story that you did. And I would love to hear this story again from you because it's been so long about was it the Black Sea and you made them buy you a car? <laughs> yeah that's what? great that's, what was that was that that's the biggest scam biggest scam i ever did so i got just um, to be clear i will not be buying you any cars well during the course it was, of your recording for oklahoma today I'm that's not, sad we just don't have the budget for it i'm sorry in podcast <laughs> um the uh i was asked by lonely planet magazine in the uk uh to do an article on the black sea coast i said yes i would be interested in doing this and I said, there is a condition. They asked what that was. And I said, you have to buy me a 1972 Moskvich. 
a Soviet car to do the trip in the okay. Moscow. And they said they thought a second and they agreed. There, one reason is it's cheaper than renting a car. Um, and so I have a friend in Sofia. I covered Bulgaria a lot for Lonely Planet guidebooks and stuff. And uh, I have a friend there. And, and so he helped me find a 72 Moscow. I don't think I said 72, uh, but I got a 72 Moscow. Beautiful car. Oh, my gosh. It was the, so great. The reason that you <laughs> had this condition is... <laughs> Uh, what did I, what did I say that it, well, I mean, it was an avenue to meet people. People yeah. were so fascinated to see that. Oh, my uncle Dimitri had one of these Moscovicians. Yes. Where did okay, you get yeah. this car? And then by the way, what is an American doing with this car? Everyone wanted to talk to you. It was, it was just a built in way icebreaker That's to, awesome. to the Bulgarian coast. And it became to me, the heart of the story, uh, including when I flooded the engine had to have, uh, <laughs> guy caesar i think his name was caesar with a pirate earring helped me fix the car and they were so delighted to work on this and they, they had an old motorcycle go ride the motorcycle while i'm fixing it okay and i promptly went right off the road into a bush because the, the steering wasn't fixed and he said it's not a problem um anyway i had so much fun on that so think again about buying me a car in oklahoma because I can't, I can't even buy me a car in Oklahoma. Yeah, it really sounds what you did was the journalistic equivalent of peacocking. Like you, yeah, totally. you got dressed up ridiculously yes, that's right. club yeah, because that's right. it was the icebreaker for all of yeah. yeah. But I love that story just because it made me think in a different way about, well, one, about being a travel journalist, mm -hmm. right? Um, but really just about being a traveler mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, like, I feel like we have this, I don't know, I feel like we get in a little bit of a rut when we think about travel, right? Like, yeah. what do we want to do? What do we want to see? Yeah. You know, all that stuff. And um, like, I, there's just different ways to think about going to a place and experiencing mm -hmm. it um, and doing so conscientiously and in a way that kind of invites engagement. I just, I love that story. I just, it sort of blew my brain up about thinking about just ways, ways of travel. I used to be the digital nomad for National Geographic Traveler, and I would go do weird trips and stuff and write for them. And one of the articles I did, uh, which was the most successful for whatever reason, was called How to Travel Like a Travel Writer. And I tried to articulate a little bit about what we're talking about, and that if you, as a traveler, you don't have to be writing about the Jefferson Highway to think in this way, because we're trying to research and capture the spirit of it for the traveler. Now, this article is a little bit history. It's a little bit about the association and what they're trying to do to get communities involved in it. That's why Mayor Coley Holt starts the article, uh, who's a little bit of a skeptic about it. Um, but um, I hopefully will be convinced that there's a good point to have this. But but the, the thing that overrides it for me is that there is a reader that they, you know, how are they going to do this? You can't pick everything. But I think if people kind of approach it the way that a writer does, uh, that, yeah, you go talk to the mayor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go talk, you know, to the people, as many people as you can. Right. If I, I tried to do a video, failed video series called, um, I forgot what it was called. Mm, uh, it had a silly name. It was all about the quest. And I, oh, Random Quest was going to be the travel video series, Random Quest. And you would have a little spinning wheel. And I think okay. I talked to you, Greg, about this, and it'd say, learn an abacus. Yeah. And another spinning wheel, and it says Paraguay. You go to Paraguay to learn how to use an abacus. And I guarantee you, if you do that, and you find someone that could teach you how to use an abacus in Paraguay for no real reason, you are going to learn and experience more about Paraguay or Calgary or wherever you pick 
than any other way, anything you could do. Because yeah. when you're on a quest and you're trying to do something, people naturally want to help you. If you stop off and go, where's a good steak? Well, people are like, okay, you know, I don't know. Do I want to help this person? They're just like interested in immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. If they're going, yeah, I'm really interested in taking a clarinet lesson somewhere in the Atoka Durant corridor. Do you know anyone that knows how to play clarinet? Oh my gosh, I used to play clarinet. There's a teacher in Tushka. If you can go up to Tushka, I know them. I can give you their number. You're going to suddenly get into this funny stream of how locals work. And it isn't about the clarinet lesson. It's about how the people live in that, we'll say, Tushka to Durant corridor, you know, is my, is my theory anyway. So I love that. I love that. It's, <laughs> I mean, because writing, reporting, traveling, they're all at the end, I mean, at the core, it's just all about connection. Yeah. Right. Like you're connecting with people, you're connecting with the place yeah. you're going, you're going somewhere, even if it's 10 minutes away from your house and going, what's different? What's the same? Who's different? Who's the same and how? Um, I love it makes that. You feel better. It, it makes really you does. feel better when that happens. Yeah. Well, and it just makes you feel safer in the world mm -hmm. knowing, yeah. you know, we're not really any of us that different. Yeah, that's from right. the other, right? Well, uh, folks, the uh, the Jefferson revival story is in the May June 2023 issue. Uh, subscribers, you should have it now. If you don't have it, go pick it up at your local newsstand. It is a wonderful story, and hopefully, uh, you'll be inspired to do a little bit of uh, traveling like a travel writer as well. Robert, thank you so much for coming on. I really love talking to you. You're a blast. This has been wonderful. Always. Thanks for having me. It's a I, I promise you, we will have you back again uh, as soon as we possibly can. This was this was really great. Be happy to be back. Thank you. Yes. He's so fun to talk to. And and really He's such a good writer. And some really great tips on how to approach a road trip like a writer. Yeah. It it it, it is it's a it's a very different experience, I think, that a lot of people have, but you have to kind of force yourself to slow down and talk to people and ask some questions. Yeah. And and it, it becomes a much more meaningful trip, even if you're never gonna write anything about totally it. Totally agree. I think yeah. I think getting kind of boots on the ground and experiencing it firsthand, not just through the, you know, window of your car. Well, and just getting like a sense of the place and like finding a, a unique way to experience it. You know, that whole thing with the renting the car and that we're buying the car at the Black Sea, like, cause he knew people would talk to him if he had yeah. that car. You know, I just think that's so cool. Like, I just, I like just, instead of the like, okay, here are the places I want to see, we're going to go, here's the itinerary, now let's go. Like, just, I don't know. I, my version of traveling, especially in city, the places I've never been to is just like wander around. So yeah. I love, I love his whole ethos. I think it's great. All right. It is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod vents. And first up this week is Megan. As any weathered commuter knows, taking the freeway every day can wear on you. Being stuck in traffic is a real drag. But next time you're in your hopefully climate-controlled car listening to a podcast and cursing the silver Lexus that just lumbered past everyone and now wants to cut in line, <laughs> just remember, the commutes of the past were much longer and generally more complicated. And what better way to remind yourself of today's conveniences than by going on a tour of the past? On June 17th, you can put yourself back into the ruts of history on the Santa Fe Trail Tour at the Cimarron Heritage Center in Boise City, or Boise as the locals call it. After you check out the museum and grab a $5 breakfast burrito, hop aboard this free bus tour that pulls out at 8 a.m. and will show 
This sounds like fun. No, I'm, I'm oh, into it. Sorry. Okay, I thought Sorry. I... Sorry. No, okay. I'm into it. No, I think this sounds like so much fun. You had him at $5 breakfast You did. Yeah, you no, said $5 I, breakfast burrito, and I perked right I, up. I'm I sorry thought I had you. made some sense. Uh, no, yeah. this sounds okay. awesome. Um, yes. So go back to the $5 breakfast burrito. Uh, okay, yes. So <laughs> after you check out the museum and grab a $5 breakfast burrito, hop aboard this free bus tour that pulls out at 8 a.m. and will show you local landmarks and the path of pioneers, traders, and tribes who traveled through the area, some en route to Santa Fe. There will be a bit of walking involved, and the museum asks that you leave dogs and small babies at home for this excursion, but bring your big babies. Lots of big babies. <laughs> the bus will return to the museum for a reasonably priced lunch of $12 before heading back out again. So rest assured, you will be well fed. Reservations are required. For more information, visit chcmuseumok.com. And don't forget to take a picture with Simi, the huge dinosaur statue out front of the museum. I'm sorry I messed you up. That sounds like so much fun. I love that museum. Yes. <clears throat> it is. That really does sound one. like a lot of fun. Uh, Nate, you've, this week you've got the $5 burrito festival, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's better. Oh, um, and thank you for, I feel like you gave me this one knowing what I was going to write. <laughs> so here goes. I have to get into character just a second. This Saturday, Saturday, Saturday! Your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge as the Summer Science Smackdown. Smackdown! Smackdown! Presented by Toast, the Oklahoma Association of Science and Technology, comes to the southwest corner of New Orleans Square in Broken Arrow. Summer Science Smackdown provides classes in STEM. That's science, technology, engineering, and math, math, math! <laughs> Watch as teams of... Teenage roboticists show off their amazing creations and even battle them to the death. Okay, no, not really. <laughs> These nerds will put your mind in a vice grip and only their infinite mercy will inspire them to release you. There will also be STEM demonstrations, face painting, shopping, rallies, a dunk tank, and food. Food! Food! So grab the kids and head to Broken Arrow. For more info, call 918-808-7391 or visit toastgeeks.com. <laughs> Cool. And scene. Uh, very good. <laughs> you knew I was going to do that, didn't I you? I did. Okay. Uh, Carly? I watched you have so many to, monster truck commercials. Do you have anything to yell into the microphone? I will not be yelling, oh, but I will be sure. I would like it to be noted that as the sound engineer of this podcast, I did not want Spike us into the red. No, no, you backed off that microphone like I a champ. I did. Just like Christina Aguilera. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure they mean well, but please don't get all of your Oklahoma events-related news from 90s hip-hop duo Rex in effect. <laughs> if all you want to do is zoom a zoom 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 don't just shake your rump. Head to the H-Town Throwdown Street Races June 17th in Hartshorn. There will be not Check Baby 1, 2, or even 3 souped-up cars to gawk at. There will be dozens upon dozens of amazing machines. You also have the opportunity to meet race car drivers and look under the hoods of their speedsters. It's $10 for all of this high-octane action, so call 918-297-5023 for more information. And now you may commence with the rump shaking. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was great. All right. uh, ben, Ben, what's your event this week? Well, the other day I walked out the front door and I saw a sight no son ever wants to see. His dad on the porch weeping softly into his king of the grill apron. (laughs) 
Dad, what's wrong, I ask. My dad looks up at me. Son, I saw your Amazon purchase history. I know the truth. The world's best dad coffee mug you bought me for Father's Day last year. It's just a mass-produced tchotchke. Anyone could buy one. I am a fraud. Dad, that's not true, I reply. I know there's 350 million of those mugs in circulation, but I really meant it. You're the best. My dad wipes away a tear with the edge of his apron. I'm sure that's what all sons say. I reach into my pocket and pull out a folded event flyer, handing it to him. Dad, you don't have to take my word for it. This Saturday from noon to 3 p.m. at Oklahoma City's Scissortail Park, you or any dad listening to this podcast can prove their merit at the fourth annual Father's Day Festival. My dad sniffles. Whoa. What podcast? Hey, <laughs> Dad, don't get distracted. You're an event. You've got an event full of bounce houses, music, vendors, food trucks, and more to stoically survey with folded arms. And I know you can do it as good or better than any of the other dads who will be there. You, you really think so, son? Think so, Dad. I know so. Plus, the Regional Blood Institute will be out there holding one of their biggest blood drives of the year. Donors have a chance to win prizes, and all uh, can receive two of your favorite things, free snacks and free T-shirts. I'd say any dad who participates in such a cool and vitally important event is at least in a tie for world's best. (laughs) Wow, son, that sounds great. You know I love free stuff. I reckon you're right about me attending this thing. How much do you think it costs to go to such a festival? I laugh. Dad, you're not going to believe this, but admission is also totally free. If you don't believe me, you can call 405-445-6277 for more information or visit scissortailpark.org slash events. Dad, I'd love to chat some more, but I have to head out to the place where all us happy, handsome, and successful sons hang out. I'll call you later. I reach down and help my dad up from the porch. He grabs my hand and grins. Son, don't call me later. Call me dad. And it was then I knew all had returned to normal. Nice. That was a journey you that took us on. Smart. I appreciate it. Where, you guys are funny this week. <laughs> Where do the successful sons hang out? Uh, Megan wants to know. <laughs> Radio Shack. Radio Shack, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Good God. Greg, what do you got? Uh, if two is company and three is a crowd, then I think we can all agree there are too many people on the field during football games. <laughs> really? 11 people per team in this economy? Then you've got coaches and refs and photographers and those guys running around with squeeze bottles of sports drinks and probably my mom who just got lost and she's trying to find her seat. That is why, for fellow uh, inoculophobists, I recommend the Oklahoma eight-man all-star game at Red Robertson Field in Miami. Led by a team of 20 coaches, which is far too many, and representing the Oklahoma (laughs) Eight-Man Football Association, these top-tier players are taking part in a tradition that began in 1973 to reward and honor elite players of eight-man football. There will likely be scouts on hand hoping to recruit some players who, I predict, will be very confused when they show up and there are 11 people on the field. 
while I get have to have my therapist on speakerphone, anyone who else who needs to push their panicky feelings back, yeah. back, way back, can rely on cheerleaders from across the state who will be on hand, up on one foot, and tossed willy-nilly through the air. Tickets are $5 for kids, $10 for adults, and you can call the Miami Convention Visitors Bureau at 918-542-4435 for more information. This is this. These were, we traveled the whole state today. We Boys really, City really, to Miami. Really. Wow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and the sound of the rest of Ben's family finding out that there's a podcast <laughs> means that this episode is coming to a close. But if you can't get enough, head to oklamatoday.com, pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now, and you can send your feedback to OKTPod at travelok.com. We'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production held by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit OklahomaToday.com. Goodbye. What podcast? <laughs>